going to try to convince me to save the world. Some of our ideas are a bit ambitious. I know how hard this is for you to hear. Government should be afraid of their people. You got the makings of greatness in you. What we do in life echoes in eternity. If you could see your whole life from start to finish. We would be given a choice to betray our chosen destinies. I have to believe in a world outside my own mind. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. Love is the one thing that transcends dimensions of time and space. Are you watching closely? Welcome, my beautiful, wonderful listener, to the Talking About Talking podcast, where we talk about everything and anything, and we talk about talking about those things. Today, I am joined by Paul Priest. He is an avid bow hunter, aspiring educator, and was a participant on Netflix's hit television series, Outlast. Thank you for joining me, Paul. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Be looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm excited. So I must point out, Paul, I'm new to this whole uh podcast thing. This is, I don't know, my 13th episode or something, but I love it. And I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. This is a blast. I just love talking to people and meeting new people and getting new stories. And I noticed right away when I looked at the little YouTube videos that you uploaded with Seth and you had Nick and Angie on the phone. And, and then you had the one with uh, Justin there. Justin. Yeah. I noticed your, as we see in the video, if you're just listening to this, sorry, but if, as we see in the video, your, your kind of backdrop there with the pre-symbol, you can't see it in your video how you have it set up right now, but there's these two buck busts on either side. I got to know, was that there before the show or did the show money pay for that? Yeah, everything here was before the show. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, we, we shot the show a year ago. And I, without giving too much away, uh, most of these these shows, they, they take up to 90 days uh, to pay out winners up to 90 days after the last episode airs. So, so yeah, all this was done prior to. Now, of course, the podcast came, came after. But, yeah, the backdrop definitely was prior to the show, for sure. That's pretty cool. What did you have that there for? Just as, like, part of your man cave? Yeah, yeah. It's just a... Uh, <clears throat> bourbon collection you yeah. know a little man cave place to get away yeah and uh it, it's uh it transforms real easy we slide two shelves all the way hang our butts on the wall and and, and now it's a uh it's a podcast room right yeah it, <laughs> so, it yeah. does a great yeah. transition to be a sick podcast backdrop i love that i hope to have <laughs> something you. better Thank than you. this red wall in this back room one day that'd be nice <laughs> I, I i appreciate it I, I lost a man cave but but uh yeah, gang the studio, so yeah. can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I did notice also, like, you you look like you're doing pretty well taking a little bit of feedback there, because on your first video, people were uh, talking about, like, the sound from Nick and Angie coming through the phone and stuff like that. But, like, what I love about it is you didn't have a perfect setup, and you just went and did it. You were like, screw it, let's just do this, and you tried it, and then you're like, oh, shit, maybe I should have worked on the sound a little better. And then, like, the second episode yeah. the sounds way clearer as I went from one to the other. I was like, oh, Jesus, I got to adjust my volume and then the third one you got yeah. these headphones and mics that's good yeah it's, it's a pretty steep learning curve but uh you know we just went with it <clears throat> i probably should have waited because that would have been made a huge difference in it uh had no idea i still don't know what i'm doing i'm learning as i go you know we're shooting shooting now on three iphones yeah <laughs> and uh so sounds better now we'll get our you know our video a little better and uh we'll get there right i'm in, i'm only three episodes in so we're we'll see we're, we're hoping to uh, just to con continue to add as content gets better and, and then of course the video and sound to get better and we're pretty excited about where where this will go to 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's awesome. I think you're growing quick. You're, you're doing well to pay attention to feedback. And I think that's what matters most. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and then that brings me to like, what are you, cause you were explaining to me before we started recording and not like, I always think that this is the smartest move when anyone gets into something like this is you're trying to use the outlast show and the attention from it as a bit of a springboard into, uh, you were talking about becoming some sort of bow hunting educational platform <laughs> or something like that. And, right. I've, I've been, you know, um, hunting and fishing around the wall. Basically, we're born into that, you know, in the area that I'm from. And, and uh, bow hunting trophy whitetail is just, you know, it's always been a passion of mine. And uh, just being able to, um, you know, use uh, what recognition I got from the show to um, to leverage into this uh, this platform is is uh, been a big blessing for me. And I'm really excited about it. I, it's probably confusing when the people do look at the podcast. It's between Two Horns podcast and there's deer on the wall and, and we're talking about that outlast right but uh but we we do you know we do have a plan on how we're going to transition you know away from that and and then and more into the um the 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 hunting or or the outdoor world we won't just be bow hunting we'll be covering everything um hunting fishing camping hiking um people of interest in the outdoors so we're super excited to, to transition away from uh outlast as exciting as it is and always be a part of it and and we'll probably continue to go back to that well uh we're, we're happy to transition away from that and more into the outdoor market yeah yeah, I think, I, first of all, I don't think I'm really in too much of a place to give you much advice on any of that because, like I said, I'm very new at this. I've got like 200 downloads or something. I don't have a, I don't have a lot of attention, uh, but I quite enjoy doing it. And something that I've noticed with the process that makes it easier to continue is to not like give myself too many constraints. Like as you were saying, I have a wide variety of guests, um, but you're you're wanting to be within the subject, and you're and just noticing like with your language talking about how you're saying i want to transition away from outlast or something i wouldn't be too hard up about it i like i would just transition into whatever you're doing as you want to do it and not necessarily worry about getting like away from outlast like if it comes up yeah. in future and stuff like that and conversation and becomes relevant and, and whatever and then future series comes out come out and you want to do an episode where like you and seth commentate on the series two or something like that like those that would make for great content right yeah for, for sure and, and it is one thing i liked about when i when i looked at your your content like it's such a broad base like there's something for everyone on there and we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into an area that we can only do out outdoors type people but to be honest with you if you're watching out last year we were probably originally drawn to it because that's your 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 demographic right yeah, you're for a survivalist sure. or you like but we all know how that show turned into more of any uh, <laughs> social, social experiment, experiment. Yeah. so so yeah so now now i think when season two and season three starts to come out it's gonna the um the landscape's gonna change a whole lot right the fan base is gonna change so um let's I, hope I the landscape I'll, changes I'll, a bit let's hope so <laughs> <laughs> look it, it deserves some changes we'll all agree with yeah. that and, and i think that'll happen but but yeah, I, I hope it I hope it keeps the original base of even though you didn't see a whole lot of it, the survival techniques and um, those type things. Let's hope mm -hmm. it gets back to that, or, or at least keep some of that, and and so that we'll we'll be able to draw from that well for a while on, on this show as well. Hopefully, yeah. Let, let's talk about that a little bit before we get to that. Uh, I wanted to ask your three episodes that you uploaded. The first one sounded like you guys hadn't watched the show yet. No, it, it, honestly, I think we we did that two days prior to the show dropping something. Okay. One or two days. So you did watch it 
and then so you did so sorry your second and third episodes you guys had watched the show at that point so so our second episode no we shot episode one episode two was shot and then split into two so okay you had uh episode one you had um angie seth uh nick and myself and Mm -hmm. then angie had to leave Mm -hmm. and that's when we started episode two but that was one setting i think like an hour and 48 minutes setting and then uh, we had two episodes of that right and then justin was at episode uh three we had watched it the show after that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i haven't gotten all the way through the one with justin yet i i had Mm -hmm. accumulated enough notes with just the first two episodes (laughs) and everything and give me enough of a refresher to go into this um you did mention that like on your first team when you're on team delta and you were with joel and Mm -hmm. don and jordan that you had a bit of friction with don so so bit's an understatement right (laughs) i and so let me let me let me put this out first i i have no will will toward anybody anyone Mm -hmm. it is what it what it is you know it was a reality tv show and you have people from diverse backgrounds and and uh, all eight type personalities coming together and you're putting the the hardest conditions so things happen and uh yeah we we had friction about week week one and it just kept escalating um you can call me a dumb hillbilly (laughs) you can call me dumb and you can call me a hillbilly, but you can't call me a dumb for being a hillbilly, right? And, and when that came out, it, that kind of set the tone for the remainder of our time together. And it, at the beginning of the show, you've probably seen uh, just a piece of me screaming at someone, literally, it's the only time I lost my, my shit on the show. And that was Dawn and I every single night, every day. And so so it was pretty tough. I mean, she made it, she made it impossible to stay there for sure. You guys were shouting at each other every night. Oh, oh, was, oh she would cry and run off or, or I'd be mad and I'd walk off and, you know, and you know, I'd, I'd catch her talking about me about, um, or then we just, or she'd do it to my face even. She's pretty, <laughs> Don has some balls on her, you know, she'll say what she wants yeah. to say. What, what, um, I so, gotta know, so, what is like, how did that start? Like, what's the, what's, do you know what the original conflict was? Yeah. So, so it really started off. I mean, it's pretty, it was pretty easy or, or pretty simple enough. Um, you know, I told you the dumb hillbilly comment and, uh, I'd made a joke, um, early on. I'm like, oh, they don't subtitle this. You know, it was like our first week there. And I said, and I really hope I don't come off as a dumb hillbilly. And she said, well, that's what you are. And Ooh. yeah. So, and, and, and so that kind of set the tone. So yeah. I got to know and, though, like, was that before anything else? That was the first thing? That, that was, that was day three, you yeah. know, day four, something like that. So it was early on and I kind of let that slip. And, uh, then you'll, then you'll know that, um, there's an episode where Jordan actually, um, makes contact with Delta for the first time. He yeah. kind of stirs some shit yeah. up. You yeah, know? yeah. And he comes back and he tells us about, it and uh, we all laugh I'm like oh that's pretty cool and and i go off because i'm always cutting wood and i go off and i cut wood and i come back and they don't know i'm back and i catch them talking about it. and i was like let's just tell him paul's leaving let's just tell him he's out of here so it was always he's not confirmed about that so why don't you tell him don's leaving why don't you tell him joel's leaving or you know why, why paul because i'm not here i don't know yeah. am i targeted what's going on and it, then it was every day like literally every single day we fought and and it, i mean it was bad at times like so bad so i gotta wonder and i i'm, I'm gonna challenge you on this a little bit and that is with her initial statement of like you are a dumb hillbilly or whatever and then and then later her just like continuing after that with all this awful stuff i'm not hearing anything about your behavior that would have warranted that do you have any idea what it could have been because it's not like just just for clarity it's not like people are just naturally bad or evil it's not like she's like i don't like your face so i'm gonna hate you you know i'm asking right like you get what i'm saying yeah yeah 100 for sure um you know 
know, I, I think that uh, I wear my emotions on my sleeve uh, for sure. And and I'm the type of person that I'll do anything for you. And, and um, if I'm mad at you, I'm mad at you. Well, I can forgive you just as easy, but we never got to the forgave part. So after the initial argument, you know, there was no, uh, hey, look, I, I didn't mean that. So she never would accept responsibility for what she said either time. So there was always a little bit of angst there. And I guess I was, I was on the edge. She was on the edge. And I'm not saying Don hates anyone. But you can hear how she acted on the show. I mean, I mean, she was name calling and real abrasive and just real in your face. Oh, she'd and, be a fiery just, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and you know, so um, at the risk of sounding like, well, I didn't do anything because I did. I, there, I, I will admit that there was one night that I picked, I picked a fight because I've had enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd absolutely had enough and, and I picked a fight with Dawn. Um, so I'm just as guilty of that. But but uh, it, it was every night. But we were to that point. We we were to the point that we couldn't stand each other no more. Mm-hmm. So and, and, that, and that came on really quick. So we just everything we done got on each other's nerves. Everything. Mm-hmm. And the buffer, the buffer for me was was Jordan, right? I mean, that was my buffer. And she she got along well with Jordan. I got along well with Jordan. And and she and Joe had a bond, you know. And uh, I liked Joel and got along with Joel, but but we weren't as tight as as they were. So once Jordan was gone, I, I knew that I was that was the end for me. And and and, and later on the show, I'll tell you exactly how I knew. Oh, exactly how you knew that it was the end for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's so much that you, <laughs> there's so much when you watch that show, and we can just go into it now. Um, there's, and, and please be devil's advocate on this. If there's anything that sounds like bullshit, please call me on it. <laughs> all that, um, respect that. Good. So, so, you know, um, Jordan and I, we talked every night. We, we sit up late at the fire and we talked constantly and he and I hung out a lot. And I just told Jordan, I said, man, if you leave, I, I can't stay, you know, Don, Don and I just, we, it just won't be, we can't, it's, it's not going to work. So, <clears throat> When Jordan, before Jordan left, you see the episode, Don was actually the first person who ever mentioned stealing off of any other team. So for her to be so upset that her bags were stolen, but yet she wasn't upset that she wanted to steal the crab pots from Delta. Do you remember that episode? No, I don't remember that episode. Yeah, unfortunately, if you blink, you miss that. Um so we're laying in camp. Jordan's getting sick. He's he's starting to, you know, his body had turned into ketosis. He was passing out. Yeah. Those type of things. And I said, look, we've got to have protein. We can't make it another day. And I said, I'm going to go barter for crab from Delta. And Don said, no, negative. I want nothing to do with that. And we steal it. And I said, Don, you're opening up a can of shit that you don't want to deal with. She said, I don't want to barter. It's still an option. And I said, no, Don wanted to steal the crab pots huh. from Delta. She's the first person on the whole show to mention stealing, but no one, no one recognizes this yeah. for some reason. That's pretty and, relevant. Uh, <laughs> I would say that that is a very, yeah. very relevant point in this grand discussion around the show about morals and ethics. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, there, there's that. And um, then, so I, I had actually been talking to, to uh, you know, you've seen where I went and I talked to Delta. I originally wanted Jordan, and I knew that. You know, Jordan was a Marine, Seth was a Marine. Who wouldn't want Jordan? Look at that guy, man. He, yep. He's a remarkable guy. Um, <clears throat> but when Jordan went out, um, you know, I knew I had a home at Delta. And um, the plan was, was and, I, and I actually told Joel the day before, he can say that it was, an, you know, an, an Irish goodbye or whatever he calls that thing. And it's true. I left without saying goodbye or that I was leaving. But I told him the day before I left, when we knew that uh, Jordan wasn't coming back. I said, Joel, I'm leaving. He said, you're leaving the show. And I said, no, I am leaving camps <clears throat> because I can't handle Don. He said, well, let's work this out. And I said, there's no work now. I'm, I'm going to leave. And at this time, I had already made the barter for the crab, not the crab pots, mind you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you more about that. But the barter was that I would set the crab pots with our wrath and I would pull the crab pots and bring all the crab back because, um, you know, Charlie Camp and Delta's Camp had, <laughs> we had one, we had the best draft, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously had the best draft and their wrath wasn't very good. 
good. So I was going to use our rafters head, the crab pots, and we get one third of that crab. So when I made that barter, um, you know, with with our camp, um, it was to set it. And, you know, you, you, you seen them give me a crab pot. But what they really, if you'll listen to it, um, what was said was, do you have rope in camp? And I said, yes. She said, well, take this crab pot and get used to tying the knots and set it. It wasn't for the crab pot. It was a set the crab pot. But anyways, um, right before, about 30 minutes before I left camp, I, I had walked in the tent and Don, Joel was gone. Don was sitting there and she said, you know, um, I'm going to go up and, and talk to Charlie. I said, would you like me to go with you? And she said, no, I don't want you to go. And I said, okay. Well, when she left and Joel was gone, I decided I'm just going to leave. It's time to go. So I packed my stuff and left. I also took the crab pot that did not belong to us. It it was it, it was a barter that I made to borrow that. I was returning that. I take one fishing reel that belonged to me. We had three total. Joe had one, Don had one, I had one. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take anything extra. And I took my sleeping bag. I left the dip net that I made. I left the two fishing poles that I made, every tool I made. I left all that. I only took my basics. <clears throat> well, when I walk up, Don doesn't see me standing there. I'm on the other side of camp. Don had actually asked them to take her and Joel on because one of us, she said, there's three in camp. There's only two of us that's going to make it. Would you take me and Joel? This was right before I left. You, know, you don't see this. It, and, you know, so she's asking charlie team charlie this and that's uh that's right <laughs> the, so she's right. asking nick and seth and angie this that's right well she she doesn't know that i've already talked to, to nick seth and angie yeah and i already have a home with them and she's trying to get them to take her and joel on and leave me out nobody knows this huh. so not only is she she's the first pink person to mention stealing off of anybody he also was trying to leave me hang out hung out to dry huh. you know and, and and i had told joel i did not tell don I didn't like Don, had nothing for Don is the only person I don't follow on Instagram or Facebook. I've never spoken to and I've left out the whole group. Um, just It's just some people you don't get along with. And she just happened to be that person. Um, I wish her the best. We're just not compatible. But she's the first person to, to mention all these things. And yet when it happens, now everyone else is a bad person. So <laughs> so anyways, there's a little bit of insight to So you to were on your way to when. Delta? Uh, that's you Delta are Delta. So you, I thought you said they were on their way to Charlie. Oh, so they were on their way to Charlie to ask to be taken on and as not she's Joel, only Don. Only Don. Oh, okay. Joel was doing an interview. So yeah. Don was and, there to ask for Joel and her to be taken on. That's correct. And during that time is when you packed up and actually went over to Charlie. Yeah. See, what she didn't know that when when I was saying, "Hey, Don, let me go with you," and she's like, "No, no, I don't want you to go." And so last thing I said to her was, "Don, be nice." And she's like, "I always am. It's real smart ass." <laughs> and she left. So when she left, I'm like, "You know what? It's now or never." So I got my gear and I walked into camp from the backside, and she, she had no idea that I was less than 40 yards from her listening to the whole conversation. And, and all this is, is recorded somewhere. It's on the editing floor, but yeah. I'm listening to the whole conversation. And, and originally she said, you know, would you be interested in merging with us? And they said, no. She said, well, how about just two of us? She said, because one of us ain't going to make it. She said, so there's two of us. Joel and I would, would be happy to come. Yeah. And they shot it down. And then as soon as she walked away, I step out. Did you overhear um, why they shot that down? I, yeah, I was coming. They already knew I was coming. Oh, okay. We'd already, we'd already, we'd already talked. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I thought, yeah, so, yeah. It looks, I think it looks like on the show that you just showed up from like that previous conversation that was with all of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was a day later. Yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a day, maybe two days later, because I had, I had already went back and spoke with Joel and told Joel I was leaving. I just didn't tell Joel what day I was leaving. Was yeah. 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 So, and you, you told Joel that you were leaving if Jordan didn't make it back after Jordan was emergency evac. That's right. When he was evac, I said, Hey, Joel, if Jordan doesn't come back, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, yeah. I'm leaving. And he's like, we can work it out. I said, no, I'm, I'm telling you now I'm gone if he doesn't come back. So there was no, <laughs> there was no, it's end up being surprised by it. Right? I got to ask when it comes to Jordan, the, <laughs> the, 
the show paints a bit of a picture of an go that is not entirely likable, like him doing push-ups on the raft and then not even coming back with anything. What What's your take on all that? He is one of the finest people that rock face this earth. And what you don't see, you know, I mentioned that he and Seth are, are Marines, right? Mm-hmm. So they have this banter back and forth, a brotherhood, right? It's military. And if you notice in the show, you see Nick and Seth walking down the river with Angie and they're talking back and forth. Well, he's actually talking shit to him to, to uh, him on the raft as they're going down the river. So they're back and forth just talking back and forth so to each Seth, other. Seth so Seth and he, Jordan are. Yeah, Seth yeah. and Jordan are just bantering back and forth between each other. And, and you know, he's making fun of the raft and he's not going to make it. So Jordan's doing push-ups and doing things to Seth, not at Angie. Oh, okay. Not just not being cocky, but there was just two guys being being dudes back and forth on the river. And you don't see that both sides of that. So it paints a picture of Jordan being, you know, an ass for for lack of a better word. Yeah. He, he's really not. He's, he's, he's a super guy. He really is. Yeah. And then I found that really confusing. I don't, I mean, it's, it's, I did watch this while we had a little 13 month old running around the house and I would get distracted yeah. here and there from watching it. <laughs> so I, I, I may have missed this part, but I found it hard to see how Jordan failed to get any crab pots. Like he wasn't that far behind Angie. There was still two on the island. It just kind of, right. it seemed like it kind of just cut to him coming back upset to you guys that he failed and as a as an audience i was like how the hell did you fail you were right there what and it's like it wasn't even nightfall you know what i mean like in my mind with the raft he made i would be there all night trying to find those freaking crab pots (laughs) yeah you know you would think that with that you know you you have the the uh the tides going back out you've got swift undercurrents that you can't see and there's there's a there's a line there if you get outside of that line you get swept into that that heavy undertow or that heavy current, then you you can't fight him. This guy's an athlete, right? He's an absolute athlete. And when he went to the left side of that island, he got caught into that that fast moving current. Like he paddled as hard as he could to get back, but it was just it was in vain. He just could not outpaddle that current. It just swept him past the island. So and, he and missed. Angie, yeah, he 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 missed the the uh, the the island. It just took him past it. And Angie happened to get into the calmer side of the current on the right hand side. And it just took her right into the island. I mean, she read it perfect. She and, and you know Seth and. And Nick was walking beside her, you know, helping her read that. And she was reading herself because, you know, she's on the water a lot. And they just played it perfect. But once you got out of that line, it's, it's there's no coming back from it. You're gone. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting getting those other perspectives. And I don't, what, did it show that in the show? Jordan, like, fighting the current and getting pushed past the island? Because I don't remember that part at all. I don't recall it showing him. It, it, I think it showed him. It did It did mention it. It, it, it took him past the island. I don't know if it, it didn't show him fighting to get oh, back. Okay. No. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, without knowing that too clearly in my head, like, this guy just goes and does push-ups on a raft and then... <laughs> comes back with plenty of daylight and nothing and yeah. it's like he's all upset as a viewer i was like that guy's a wiener like come on. <laughs> right yeah but it's I, that's why i like having this conversation because it's good to have other perspectives mm-hmm. and that's what communication is all about is getting new perspectives on things right yeah and you know what's what's the funniest thing about it is you can be you can be a beautiful man and be a wiener and be super successful but if you look like me and you and you're portrayed as a wiener you're, you're done man <laughs> I get I get so much negative you comments. It's it's all it's all good though, right? It's all publicity, but but he's not. It's it's uh, he's that's I get that a lot. A lot of questions about man, is he really that guy? No, not at all. He's a good dude. Yeah. So, but you understand like how I explain that? How people? Yeah. one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's yeah, not the first that's asked that. Yeah. 
Um, so Seth saw said that he saw a producer doing like a little interview with you during the transition of like you coming over or something like that. And when it comes to, and I'm not sure that that's necessarily what he was saying, but the question mostly is, did you just get like interviews sprung on you like that while you were in the middle of doing stuff where they were like, Hey, sit down, let's do an interview. So, so you, you do a, an interview every single day and they do this on all the reality TV shows and, and for different reasons. Um, you know, one to get your take for the day two to see so you can do a time lapse of how your you know your body's breaking down and, and you're morphing into this <laughs> subhuman if you will but uh so you get that every single day and of course if anything has happened uh it, we're talking about that that's obviously going to get brought up and you know you're out in the tongas and, and you're you know you're in a rainforest there's only so many places you can go um so you, it's not uncommon to be able to look back in the forest and see an interview going on there'll be a big light back to you know how they do that so yeah every single day everyone was interviewed Hmm. And was it multiple times or each person just had one a day? No, just, just the one interview a day. Um, I can only remember the whole time I was there, maybe two days that we had no interviews. That was that was later when there, there were only two teams left. There wasn't a lot going on. Um, but but early on, each 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 person would each person. I, I think it was every every day at first. Uh, and maybe it, maybe after the first week it started every day. Yeah, everyone would get interviewed about every day. When it comes to your friction with Don, I think I have a better understanding of that now. But I kind of wanted to ask, like I already know kind of the answer. But <laughs> with that friction compared to the kind of overarching drama that the whole show ended up being, did you like how do you how do you look back on that? Do you look back on that thinking like, wow, yeah, Don and I really butt heads and that was like really hard and tense but what happened overall i'm glad i wasn't all in that shit you know what i mean or was it kind <laughs> yeah. of like comparable in intensity so, so if you're referring to what uh, alpha did to to bravo and and delta no i'm so glad i wasn't in that shit um and and the, the, <laughs> The stuff that Don and I had, you know, it, it was what it was. It's, it's no different than just not locking someone, yeah. it, you know, that you work with every single day and you, you separate yourself from that. Yeah. It's a little harder to separate yourself from someone when you're living with them, you know, under a tent, yeah. <laughs> under a piece of tar. Uh, so I wouldn't even dare to compare that to what they went through. This was just, this was just two babies spatting every single day, you know, yeah. that compared. Yeah. So what they went through was, was on a whole different level for sure. And. And I was supposed to be part of that, by the way, mm -hmm. you know, when, when Justin came across and, and, you know, and, and started the, the sleeping bag thievery, um, and they thought I was still with Delta. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. You could yeah, have been so he had no, a victim yeah. of sleeping bag theft. Yeah. So yeah, that, he had no idea. I think this is a good opportunity. If that had happened, how would you have reacted if you were still with Joel and Don? Yeah. So I went right back across the river. Um, yeah. I, yeah, right back across. I'm a little... You, I'm not saying anyone's less than or more than, uh, but like I said, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and, and I'm a little bit louder and, and I'm, I'm super quiet until it's necessary not to be. Mm -hmm. And so I do have that aggressive side. And, um, I think if you would, if you would listen to, if you get a chance to listen to the interview with Justin, he said initially his reasoning for going and getting that, um, was hoping they would come back and they would start some kind of barter and get whatever. I don't, I don't know, but that's, you know, that's what the man said. So, so I think we would have tested that because I definitely 100% would have went back and try to get my sleeping bags back. Mm -hmm. I can, I can tell you, I can tell you what, uh, Charlie Kemp was going to do if it happened to us. And then it was totally different than how Delta would have been. Yeah. So what was you that know? plan? Yeah. You know, Cause you, did you guys you have had, that discussion? Uh, Were you guys sitting there like, Oh yeah. 100%. It, yeah. If yeah, anyone steals shit camp from us. This, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> their, their whole camp was going in the river and if they need to go, they'd go with it. 
you know, but we were we weren't putting up that shit. We, uh, you know, we we said we're going to play a you know a level game, and until we until uh, it become time not to, and we meant every word of it, you mm. know. And, and it's definitely what would have happened. It would have been interesting for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Whole camp in the river. That's hilarious. Yeah, that uh, was that was our deal. <laughs> it, so I tell you how it was. We uh, Nick would actually when that went down, um, Nick actually would sit in the camp with a can of bear spray and a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> when the first day that happened, like, well, who knew? And, and then, and then we would never let Justin get out of our sight. Like we had binoculars, so we'd go on the beach and just be combing, and we'd see those two. And like, oh shit, where's Justin? So if we didn't see Justin, someone was back at camp. Like we were on high alert, man, the whole time for sure. <laughs> Everyone knows there's a yeah. thief out there stalking around. That's hilarious. Yeah, I I've already yeah, done. Sure. I haven't uploaded it yet, but I've already done an <clears throat> episode with uh, Javier, and he was saying that. He's he thinks that Angie taking three three crab pots was a little bit of a selfish play, and he wouldn't have done it that way. And I'm wondering what your take is on that. Yeah, so you know, you heard the deal that he and Alpha made together when they got there. They was going to take all the crab pots, and then they would they would split it themselves. So he can say what he wants. It's easy to say I would, I wouldn't have when you're it's over and it's done. I don't think that um, their plan was to get all of the crab pots. I think it was just to have a bit of an alliance. And what ended up maybe. happening was, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you know this, but you can tell me if you are, but when they <laughs> had, uh, Javier and Brian had gotten their raft down and they tried to cross, but the current was too strong. And then Brian came back and they gave up. It was nightfall and the producers or the cameraman or whatever told them that they couldn't keep trying because you guys had a cutoff mm-hmm. time for your filming, right? And so you couldn't do anything be, beyond the cutoff time. And then uh, as that was happening, the tide was going out and Javier saw mm-hmm. the land bridge and was like, holy shit, we can just walk across and get to the crab pots. And then on his way back, he went up to Team Alpha and was like, hey, there's a land bridge. You just need the tide to go out. So if you guys in the morning go and get them, like split them with us. So that initial in the show, the initial like we're going to make a deal thing wasn't actually mm-hmm. what had happened. It was Javier being like, here's really good information. And because I'm giving you yeah. that, you guys should hold up. Yeah, no. Yeah. There's whatever happened across the river. We had no idea. We, we didn't know until after the fact, you know, after it done, had long happened. Like even when you see, and, and I think this gets me a lot of static too. Like you made a deal with Jill. Yeah, no. Um, the first time I see Jill, she thinks that I'm part of Delta and she thinks I'm going to be angry because she thought I was my sleeping bag had gotten stolen by her. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you see me said, no, I mean, we didn't steal it. So it had to be you. And um, so in, in our deal with Jill was basically the same thing was here was our deal. We weren't going to keep take anybody from Delta and they weren't going to take anybody from Bravo. We had no idea the hell it was breaking loose across the river. So as soon as that happened, we all deals were off. We were going to still play a fair game all the way across the board, but any deal that we had was completely off and, and, and over with. And we just kept watching it from our side. So uh, a lot and of people- And you're talking you know, about like Alpha of, infiltrating Bravo and stuff like that. Yeah, the whole uh, Alpha Bravo, Alpha, Alpha Delta, mm-hmm. uh, like none of that was, we didn't want any part of that. And we didn't agree to any of that. Was I mad that it happened? No, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't, I don't like the way it happened. I, I mean, wasn't mad that the sleeping, come sleeping on, bags Paul. were taken. It, it's hard to yeah. be mad about a series of events <laughs> that led to your victory. <laughs> that, that's right. Was I mad about it? Absolutely not. And what was it? Was it fair? No. Was yeah. it? Was it? 
a break in a rule? <laughs> no. no. And and it moved the game along faster, right? You're you're out here freezing your ass off every day and you're starving to death. If you can cut some days off, if someone else can cut days off and you don't have to get your hands dirty with it, you don't have to be part of it, but I'm not angry about it either at the same time. Yeah. Mm. But no, I, I had no idea about what, uh, all I know um, about what went on on that side of the river is what I see on the show, much mm. like you or, or what... Okay. Um, I've heard after the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can see how that makes a little more sense, the whole situation between oh, yeah, yeah, Bravo sure. and Alpha. Yeah, yeah. I found that super interesting <laughs> myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I, and something else that you mentioned to me is that your contract said that no matter what, you guys are going to get 250000 And mm -hmm. so you guys ended with three people and the grand prize was supposed to be a million. So did you guys end mm -hmm. up with 250000 or did you split a million three ways into three, 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 yeah, three, three? So, I don't, so also part of the contract is that you don't talk about anything in the contract. So, um, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Noted. Um, did, did, well, this isn't necessarily part of the contract, I don't think. If you yeah. feel like it might be, then pass on it. But when you guys finished no because of Angie's unfortunate situation, did you guys send Angie a bit of like Team Charlie winnings? So so like I said earlier, you, they, they have 90 days after the last episode comes out before they have to pay. Oh, before the last episode comes out. So you guys don't have any money yet. I didn't say that either. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that most shows get have up to ninety days to pay um, after oh, the show okay. comes. The show airs. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. So when it comes mm -hmm. to uh, shelter differences, because you guys mm -hmm. talked a lot in your episodes on your channel about the shelters and how like mm -hmm. Jordan went over while you guys were while you were still uh, Delta. Jordan went over to Charlie talking shit trying to get in their head and then came back to you guys with a little bit of insight talking about their ratty shitty shelter and then when yeah. you finally ended up switching teams you were like oh this log cabin is yeah. sweet right um for, for sure man. so something i think that's something that so i'm a personal trainer and i like i like i'm mm. all about like movement and mobility and stuff and to me in my mind when someone is like oh i'm gonna make like i've, I've watched plenty alone of the alone show when they make a shelter that's that perfect. they like squeeze into i'm like no 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 like you gotta build something big enough that you can stand up in you have to because mm -hmm. when the weather is shit and you just want to be in somewhere sheltered you want to be able to move your body your body wants to move to cramp yourself up into a ball is just awful and then like yeah so first of all what's your take on that perspective and then what is your take on because i've never went and built a shelter in the forest with a hatchet what is your take on like actually physically <laughs> the challenge of building a shelter you can stand in compared to one you can curl up in so kind of double question yeah. there so so it's daylight to dark difference right like like you mentioned you know that, that with delta we the downside we had um, or, or the, the issue we had when we first started is that when we were dropped off, it, it rained nonstop seven straight days and nights. Downpour rain, it was cold. So we wanted to get something up quick, um, something that would keep us dry and, and out of the weather. Um, and, and you kind of, once once that was established and you thought, okay, it's good enough, so much stuff happened so fast, you never really got back around to doing a better shelter. And it just becomes good enough. And and you're right, you know, when we first heard um, what kind of shelter Charlie Camp had, we're like, they're not making it. It's a TP. You know, we thought we had a shelter. And then when I walked into Charlie Camp, I see this, like you said, cabin. Not only, not only a cabin, but it had a 55-gallon drum that we called Boris that we was used for a stove. There's no comparison. No, so much room. Oh, the amount of um, heat that that thing could give off. Uh, 
you know, you'd be surprised it gave us zero heat. Basically, really? yeah, you had to be right on it. So basically, what we done, and, and this this also helped us a lot. Uh, when, when I told you there was maybe three or four nights that there was no interviews, the reason there were no interviews is because there was no film crew, there was no producers, because we would um, we would cut so much wood all day long. That's all we would do. We'd cut wood, we'd stack wood. We had so much wood stacked, and we had a little bit of food put back. There was nothing to do, and we were conserving the energy. So we wouldn't get out of our beds. Um, we would, at night, we would start a fire at night, put whatever we want to dry or warm, like literally almost against the stove. This is punk wood. It's wet it, and it doesn't put off a lot of heat. So we'd put stones on top of that for them to get hot. Uh, we would take our clothes off, get our stones, jump into our sleeping bags and let it burn out and go to sleep. So it went like an hour of night. We would, you know, w- warm up, um, you know, muscles on or something like that. But an hour of night is all we burn. There's not a lot of heat in that thing at all. Yeah, that's rough. Oh God, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, I'm and sure it would be more rough oh. if you didn't have sleeping bags. That might oh, be. Yeah, that was a, that was a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's better than one sleeping bag, two sleeping yeah. bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a quote from Justin. <laughs> that's a quote from Justin. <laughs> oh man, it was. They, they gave you these sleeping bags, and they're they're low end sleeping bags, and at night it would get down like fifteen. And these sleeping bags were ready for 20. Yeah. So it was just enough to be uncomfortable, you know, and the zippers wouldn't zip up and they weren't the best. Yeah. Javier um, said but, that they were fucking Walmart <laughs> sleeping bags and shit. Exactly. Everything was a Walmart. Walmart hatchet, Walmart knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He know, said the, the knife was a was, real piece of garbage. Everything was just low end. Uh, but it worked, right? It, it, you got to take care of your... I think you know, when, when contestants would leave the show, um, we had opportunity to get their gear. Mm. And, and because <laughs> Alpha was so hated... A lot of the other two teams, when they left, us, said, hey, you can have our gear. <laughs> so we were able to get these extra hatchets and these knives and these sleeping bags. And you look at them, though, and these guys had beat their shit to death. Like the hatchets had hunks taken out of the knives were broken and the sleeping bags were broke. They did not take care of their gear. Um, so we we were we were pretty good about keeping our our, our gear, uh, do just what it's supposed to do and keep it all put up and take good care of it. So, yeah, they... It did not hold up well in, 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 in Alaska for sure. That's hilarious. Everyone's just like, screw Alpha. Here's all our shit. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Um, <laughs> Even, yeah. In, in the shelter, you're talking about, you know, the difference in the, this big and small shelter. Uh, when I was with Delta, we burnt like fire constantly. We always had fire going and, and like smoke filled that place up. So there was no way of getting away from it. It was in your eyes, it yeah. was in your throat. It was just, it was horrible. Um, so having that taller shelter where you can move around, you could hang stuff up, um, you, you know, and let the smoke get above your head, it may just stay a lot to dark difference. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, there was, I think you mentioned that you had, was it, I don't know if it was day one, but you, you pitched your flare gun into the water. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so when, when I, uh, when I first applied for this and I was telling my fiance about it and, you know, she's finishing her doctor doctorate and we have two little girls at home and a lot going on, you know, and then I had a full-time job I'd been at for over 20 years. I said, yeah, I'm going to throw it all away and try to do this show. And she's like, if you do this, you only come back with a winner or on you on a gurney. <laughs> so I took it to heart. And uh, so first day, man, I, I took that thing and I just chucked it in the river because if you, if you, if you've got that in the back of your mind and you're, you ever think about it one time, just go ahead and shoot it off. You're done. You, yeah. That crutch is in your, you know, it's in your mind now. You've got to read, you've got a way to quit and ease out. And if you don't, have that you just never think about it yeah so. and that's 
that's what I found so clever about that thought. First, I want to get, I, I do want to get into that, but first, did anyone see you chucking into the river or you just do that without anyone seeing? Yeah, no, I, I think, I think, um, I'm pretty sure everyone on Delta see me chuck in the river. Okay. I, I don't know if it's filmed or not, but yeah, I just chucked that. Did thing. any of them talk to you about it or like, what was the conversation? Nothing's, no, nothing's ever no, they were just, and, and nobody was like, Hey, I'm going to go do that too. <laughs> no, no. no, I don't think it paid any attention. You know, it's first day and, and there's so much going on. Every little thing's magnified just because yeah. it's first day. And it, I, like that, I don't even know if I can tell you what anyone was doing on day one. It was just, everyone was just It's crazy. just that like the, the idea of chucking the flare gun in the river is so genius because yeah. uh, like you're saying, well, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not trying to blow your head up here. I'm just saying mm-hmm. like, if you have, cause everyone's going to have those thoughts of, I want to go home. You would have had them at some point. I'm sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you want to see your daughters. You want to go home. Everyone has them. It's such a human thing, but you have created an extra barrier to acting where you have to go to the producers or a cameraman or something and be like hey i don't have a flare gun i chucked it into the river i messed up and like that's embarrassing to do right and so that's a whole layer of barrier for you to actually exit on and i just think that's so clever yeah i appreciate that yeah it was uh yeah i meant i meant every word that my fiance said yeah i I was only coming back one of two ways and that was you know on a gurney or 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 a winner and and i came close to coming back on a gurney more than once but uh yeah yeah (laughs) it worked out Good thing you checked that yeah. flare. So when it comes to yeah. the, because the show is Outlast, and there's been a lot of people, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of comments of people being upset about finale, about it being a foot race. <laughs> Let's dig into that. Yeah. And I, the thing is, it's like, I mean, to me, it's like, what's the difference? That because realistically, foot race, how well you're going to perform in it, as in how well you're going to navigate cognitively, perform cognitively to navigate and how well you're going to perform physically to make ground is going to be determined on how well you have lasted thus far. So like, in my opinion, it seems like not that big of a deal. What's your take on the whole situation? Yeah. So I'm going to say that whether it was outlast or outrun, the end result would have been the same. Um, there's, and I'm not being cocky about it. I'm just being honest about it. Um, and you know, the people that are saying, Oh, I got outrun and I didn't get outlasted. If you watch the show or if you've listened to any of their their interviews afterwards, you know, they're they're talking about <laughs> how they wanted to end the show quicker and get it over with. You know, that's why they were eliminating people and stealing people's shit and turning people's camps down so they could eliminate and get back home quicker. But then when the show sped up so you could get back home quicker, <laughs> now it doesn't play to your narrative. And now I wanted to outlast. I wanted to be out here to Christmas. Well, which yeah. one was it? Pick one. Which narrative did you want to take here? Yeah. Um, but, but either way, um, I, I guess I can jump in and tell you some things that, because it's out, there's stuff saying, oh, well, they showed us catching seven fish and we really had 10 or what have you. And, and um, we had, if we never, if we never uh, caught another fish or shot another animal, um, we had enough to last another month and a half. If we never done anything else. Uh, us, three, us three guys did. And I can tell you, they did not. They did not. Um so, and, and not only did they get out ran, but they got out ran by, you know, watching the show, I was, I was screaming at myself and I knew how it ended. I'm like, you better go, they're right on you. And I knew, I knew yeah. that I could have taken a nap for an hour and a half and still been fine. That, that <laughs> but, was going to uh, be my next question is how far behind were they? Look, so we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know right off, right? We had no idea. Um, we, we had an ample lead. We were fine. We were fine. They don't show you all that race. There was another four miles of that, uh, of that that you don't see. Um, but yeah, we were fine. It was never, we were never in any danger of, even if they hadn't got lost, I, 
it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have been close. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> there's uh not that we're going to get into this at all, but there's a lot of controversy in the world right now about uh, men competing in women's sports. And it's just <clears throat> ridiculousness to me, but whatever, that's fine. <clears throat> it, and I think it's just, oh, it was one of those situations where they're like, oh, foot race. And I, you guys were my, the, the team that I liked out of the two last ones mm -hmm. and so i was like oh sweet like charlie wins because <laughs> i'm like there's no way that when especially so nutrient deprived that these two women are gonna outrun these two these three men like that's why men yeah. don't race against women in the real world in marathons and other things like it's just not it, fair it, and especially i think especially because a lot of it's not just like it's not just running flat ground it's like strength requirement to trek through mm -hmm. the mud and over this hard terrain and stuff right like yeah yeah it's you know there was a and there was things that we done that you know that helped us um to, to gain that bit of a lead like it we it, it wasn't designed for us to cross the river seven times mm -hmm. you know initially it was laid out that um you know we would it's an extra hour to an hour and 15 minutes to go around that river. And uh, we walked out the edge of that river that night and we just looked at him and we're like, yeah, let's do this. And we committed to it. And then the next morning when we hit it, we just kind of looked at each other and I'm like, let's go. And we hit it, you know, and, and that knocked off an hour and a half. So, yeah. um, but yeah, you're talking about, yeah, it, it, I don't even know if you can call it a race. You can say that, hey, men are, men are definitely, you know, they're, they're, they're more advantaged. And, and like that's yeah. that's honestly if we're going to really talk about it that's a that's something that i think chill and amber should be talking about if they feel like they're robbed in any way is that it was suddenly a physical challenge of men versus women which that seems a little unfair but it is what it is i guess it's 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 biology right yeah yeah uh, i mean basic biology um it, it wasn't it wasn't designed to be men against women no, just, it unfortunately wasn't. that's how it turned yes, out you exactly know? um yeah no one no one planned for it to be that way no. and you and let's not let's not think that at the end of the show they're like oh let's just throw a race in now no. this this thing you know this was well thought out yeah you know, this this was how this was going to end no matter who was in that race um i don't even want you to call it a race it was a it was a trick man it was a trick yeah um but yeah I, I, there was nothing done out of malice there was nothing um done that was sexist by any means it just happened to be the way to die yeah out, yeah for, know, sure, the for sure mm, yeah. yeah um the you were uh you went through a bit of a unfortunate health issue while you were out there. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd had kidney stones before, so I'd, I know what that feels like, and I felt it coming on. And uh, so I covered, we, have, we wear a mic 24-7, so I covered my mic, and I told the guys, I said, look, this is going to happen, and I'm probably going to go out. I'd literally go out in pain. Just hide me from everyone. If I pass out, just make sure I'm still breathing, have water when I wake up, and let's not tell anyone. So, <laughs> you know, so for two days, man, I'd, I'd go lay down in camp, and I would take my mic off, and I would hide it, and I would just... I just toughed it out. You know, that, you, those things, you never know. They could last for months and months. or it could, And just luckily, I think three-day total and it passed. And I just got so lucky. I just got so lucky that this one came out pretty Jesus. quick. Don't don't mm. they normally, like, put you on morphine if you have a kidney stone? <laughs> yeah. You know, the worst part about it was once the producers saw that, I uh, found out that I'd had the kidney stone after the show, they're like, if you'd have just told us we'd have given you medicine, we wouldn't have taken you off the show. I wasn't going to take that chance yeah so, you, you didn't know. well because you've i'm sure you've watched alone 
Yeah. Oh yeah, every episode for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like you've you've seen how many people get pulled off that for medical issues, and I'm yeah. sure that yeah. was in the back of your mind. One hundred percent. Yeah, I found that for sure. I found that interesting. You guys talking and like Nick saying, "If I die, resuscitate me and don't tell anybody." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So you're yeah. you're uh, with this whole thing. It I mean, it seems like there's a lot of dislike for Jill and her and Amber. And Justin are being labeled as the villains of the show. Mm. What's your take on that? So I think the world of Justin, he's a great guy. Um, and for Jill, I'm fine with him too. There's, you can do things that hurt yourself later. You know, this is a reality. T- the first thing that should, should hit any, anyone's mind, a reality TV show. Okay. So anything can happen. And it's also a game show with no rules. That, that foundation was kind of laid for, for someone to do those type of things. I mean, you have to admit that, right? Um, it doesn't justify their actions and, and some of the things they've done. And it definitely doesn't justify comments that's been made, um, you know, toward fans afterwards. So personally, you know, um, I think the world of Justin, um, like I said, I, 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 he did what he did um, and it didn't break any rules. Um, it made good content for the show, probably made it started everything to make it. Would we be talking about We probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now had that not happened. I mean, it, it, so it is what it is. Um, Jill, I got to see a side of Jill that probably no one else has seen. Um, and I, I think it has a lot to do with our upbringing and that we're from basically the same type of backgrounds. Um, I got to hunt some with her a couple of days and, and I got to see a side of her with her guard down where she she didn't feel threatened and she didn't feel like she had to be anything other than a bow hunter at that time and um so i never seen i didn't i had no idea what was going on across the river the first time that i seen that type of reaction i always deal is when we went down and tried to talk to her and she said you're not going to treat me like a submissive little bitch on the show and it was like throwing ice water on me i was like where did that come from you know um it, it was a total shock to us i can't speak on anything outside the show uh, of jill she's never said anything cross to me uh she's never done anything anything bad to me so um if you ever need anything god if anybody on the show ever need anything god i would I would do my best to help them. I don't donor anyone. So I have no ill will toward any of them. And I, and I hate that they're going through what they are going through. But you look at two different sides of the spectrum, you know, Justin and Jill, um, I think are weighed out in the, in the eyes of the viewers the same. But if you look how Justin's handling it versus how she's handling it and how he's, he's using that to propel himself forward, um, how he's getting sponsorship, he's having fun with people who don't like him or who have hateful comments to him. He's not taking it personal. And I think if you're going to be a villain, you you know, be a villain, be the mm-hmm. best villain you, you can be, but yeah. accept that role. Yeah. Don't be a villain and then try to be, be a victim at the same time. I think that's, that's probably the worst part about I, it. I agree with that. That's a, I think that's a really good point to make is like own up to your actions. Right. And I think the whole way <laughs> yeah, through sure. Justin was taking ownership to his actions by saying, sometimes you got to play dirty at no point was he like was he like yeah maybe i shouldn't have done it he's like hey i did what it did and it was a little dirty but whatever that's that's what i did to play the game and that is what it is maybe that doesn't fit your moral moral compass but it fit within his well enough so um yeah in, that, sorry, go ahead. No, in, in, in the interview, if you if you listen to when we interviewed Justin, he would say he would do it again. You know, yeah. it's um, inside of the game of the hub. If you just put a bubble over top of that game, that's all that existed. And at that moment, we are all that existed. And that is what it is. He doesn't, like you said, he takes ownership of it. He doesn't shy away from it. Um, I think he's accepting his role 
like he should. Yeah, yeah. If Justin had of, because I felt like, I mean, you only see so much as a viewer because there's a lot cut off, but it seemed like <clears throat> Jill was a very influential individual. And it seemed <clears throat> like Justin was the kind of guy that if he had have ended up on Bravo, excuse me, Bravo or Delta or Charlie, that he <clears throat> maybe wouldn't have done anything malicious because the initial I, yeah. idea of stealing was Jill's idea. And then Justin was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then it was his idea <clears throat> to take the sleeping bag, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of that. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I don't recall whose idea it was. I know initially she took credit for it. And then when she was getting heat from it, she said it wasn't. So I can't recall whose, whose idea it was. Um, I think she's trying to defend herself saying that like she was only thinking about stealing like a knife or a hatchet or something. And that was her initial oh, you're idea. Right. You're, and, then Justin, yeah. and then Justin was the one that came up with stealing a sleeping bag. Okay. Yeah. So if he was on, if he was on Bravo, would he have done that? No, because I don't think Javier and Brian, definitely Brian, um, didn't have that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that it kind of, you know, when you're, I guess you would call them micro societies, if you will, yeah. it's happened on a really rapid pace. Yeah. So I, I don't think you would, you definitely wouldn't have had that at, at Charlie nor at Delta. You know um, what? Though, though, even, I, yeah. What you said earlier about. Uh, that's what I was getting ready to say. Don did initially want to steal yeah. from people and Don did want. So maybe if, maybe that could have happened with Delta. I don't think Joel would have had any part in it. I can't say what would have happened at Delta. Yeah, maybe um, because you were the one that said to Don, no, right? We're not stealing. Get yep. that out of your head. Yep. So maybe if yep. you and Justin had have had roles reversed at the very beginning of the games, mm-hmm. maybe Don would have coaxed Justin into stealing. And then Jill, when she had have come up with the idea of stealing, maybe you would have shut her down. And then maybe at the end of all this, Don would be the villain. <laughs> we just <laughs> would have had a totally different situation. Yeah, I- I know you mean. I don't know. So many, so many small things. Like, like when I had someone send a comment to me trying to be negative about it. They're like, "Oh, you just got lucky." I didn't respond back. Man, you're 100 right. I did. You know, mm-hmm. everything has to align, right? If one small, one small change in anything, the, the whole outcome's different, right? Maybe I wouldn't have went. Maybe I would have been here. Almost, on, it was on, you know, Alpha from Go. If you watch it begin the show, I'm standing in their group and we have one too many. I said, oh, I'll go over here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm lucky. Everybody on that show's lucky. Then one one little thing could change everyone's outcome of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I mean, you could, you could run the same 16 people and have a different outcome. Just mix them up and have a different outcome every single time. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It would. Yeah. Well, the, luck is an interesting concept, though, right? Because I would argue that you were lucky, but you worked for that luck because being lucky is about taking advantage of opportunities and you didn't sleep on your opportunities, right? I'm, I'm very unassuming because I'm you know, I'm, I'm quiet and I stand back, but I'm very aware of my surroundings for the most part. And, um, it, it, you know, and also get a lot of, I said, I try to play this game with integrity and something that my father wouldn't be ashamed of with my kids. And I get a lot of slack about that because, oh, you stole, you left your team or you did this. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I, um, that was the I one rule was though, going right? on. Like you can change teams. That was like the rule. Oh, so I don't yeah, see how yeah, that's. They're, they're, it, it, so, so look, this, the producers, they took 7,000 hours and they put it into seven hours and they had to tell a story and and they could have told such a longer story and so and i thought 
I thought they did such a wonderful job because whatever happens happened, right? And they got that story out there. They're in the best they could with the time frame they had. And they've been, if you if you've got people spewing hate at me, that means the producers have done such a good job at reaching somebody on an emotional level. That's next level stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You can hate me if you want, you can like me if you want. Whatever they've done, bravo is it for the producers. They they've got a story out there. And and it also just means that if you're hating me, it's probably because um whomever you wanted to win didn't win or it didn't turn out the way you wanted to. So you fell in love with with a, a character per se. Or, or with a contestant, and that's big, right? Someone you were able to connect with someone through a show. So I'm not mad at any, any of that negativity that come out of it. But um, yeah, I've ran down a rabbit hole there with that. No, that's sorry. all good. Um, that, that's what yeah, this whole show is yeah. about, Paul. It's just talking, man. That's what we do here. <laughs> Wherever you yeah. want to go with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but I, I felt I had a, a pretty good feel of how the how the uh, the game was playing out. Um, I don't. Javier probably didn't or wouldn't speak of it, but prior to leaving and going to Delta, I had talked to Javier and, and I knew that I had a home there if if, I, if Delta didn't take me. Um, I, so you, you know, knew, I talked to Delta. Whoa, whoa, hang on. You knew you had a home at Team Bravo. Yeah. If, if Delta, because I knew Delta wanted Jordan. So uh-huh. if it came down to it, because, you know, uh, Javier had, had already lost two teammates within yes. a couple of weeks. So yes. it was down to two people. And so he and I had already talked that, hey, you know, if our teams get broken down and there's only a few, then let's, let's team up. So, and, and I'll tell you one of the things with when they say, oh, you made a deal with the devil. You know, you know I, I knew that Javier and that Don have very abrasive personalities. So if we could put those two on the team together, it would it would implode. Um, so while I knew I had a home there, after I knew I had a home at Delta, which Delta is a place to be, right? I mean, there you got you had three other like-minded people that didn't want any drama. Um, that was that was the place that fit me the best. Sorry, and I'm so Charlie. happy they. T- I'm sorry, Chelsea, uh, Charlie. Sorry. Yeah, Charlie was. So when I left, yeah, sorry, the Charlie was a place to be. So when I left Delta and I went to Charlie. I was so happy they took me in and I knew I, I, I knew the moment I stepped into camp and, and hugs all around the that that was the place to be. Um, but my second thought was, all right, let's get Don and, and Javier together. This is going to be interesting because they they both have that loud personality and they're pretty abrasive. And 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 I think that team would have imploded as well. Mm-hmm. If, if I, I feel if Alpha had done nothing and and Delta and and Bravo had gotten together, it it still wouldn't have lasted. It still would have broken up. You don't up. think so? No, I think it, they would have broken up. I don't I don't think I that find that so interesting it. because it just seems like the effort that they were. Going going to to try and team up with so much like crossing the river and stuff that it seems like as an outsider that they would have done really well together so so outside of the effort crossing the river and how much effort was honestly made let's, let's be real about it um joe went across on a raft for what wasn't to get javier if javier if javier had gotten on the raft with joe and came back and, be, and he would have been on this side of the river he was safe you know charlie charlie wasn't going to do anything to hurt yeah, anybody they had, they had discussed going to javier's side because javier's shelter was far superior to delta's shelter okay yeah it, they could have still gone they could they could have still gone and you were three on three you know, so much drama. Again, I don't know. Until after the show, I had no idea what yeah. was going on over there. So I'm, I'm still almost looking like an outsider in still yet. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm trying to fill but, you in as much as I can based on what I've got I from Javier. I, I just, and, and hey, it's just a personal opinion. I, I think that the dynamics would have would have fallen apart still yet. Yeah, that's, I, that's I really do. true. I, I was and really disappointed to see the chaos that ensued and, and mm-hmm. Don and I like as a viewer seeing Don and Joel just be like, all right, we're done. We're done with this because they were like, we didn't sign up for this shit. That was really sad for yeah. me because like I don't mm-hmm. like the whole like poor behavior going unpunished thing and yeah. like Javier was pushing for the greater good. And with this, I guess this kind of brings me to when Javier came over and made his offer mm-hmm. to 
Team Delta while Angie was still there. Charlie. Charlie, with Charlie, while Angie was still there and you were with them, you guys had said no. Nick was all for it. You were not. Where'd you get this from? The show. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's not the case. So, so a couple of things. And I know Javier's put this out on his, uh, when it first came out, this little the group thing that he made at Paul's, the reason that I'm not on that team. That is not the case. So there's a rule of four. Only four people can win. Okay. You can have five on a team end to end. Only four people can win. So we had a really good, really good dynamic with our four. No one on our team was going to accept him even before he crossed the river. Matter of fact, when he came up, Nick didn't even get off his seat to shake his hand. So, um, Anyways, it's um, funny you say we that because we, Nick or Javier, sorry, I, I do want you to continue. Javier yeah. had a moment where when he saw Nick didn't get up to shake his hand, he thought, oh shit, I'm screwed. Nick's not going to like me. And then when he watched the show, he saw Nick was advocating for him. Yeah. So, so Nick's advocation for him was, man, he made a good speech. You know, I, before he crossed the river, we'd already had a meeting. And the meeting was, we're, we're not taking him on. And then when Javier gave his speech, we said, oh, let's, let's at least go talk about it. And he's like, man, he gave a really good speech. But answer still no. You know, this is edited the way you want it to be edited. But this was a team decision. Paul didn't run Team Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know, this 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 was a, um, a four-person vote. And, you know, look, it, when the show was over, I was rooting for Watching the show, I'm rooting for Javier. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, and he, he looks like, he looks like it's such a, a victim in the show and, and, and he was by all rights, you know, yeah. a lot of bad shit went down his side and I hate that for the guy because he, he is, a, you know, you know, he was a good player. Um, but there's things that you, you don't see, you know, he ran off two of his own players before the first two weeks was out because he was so micromanaging, so abrasive. Uh, so Brian, I'll, I'll, hang on, I'll, I'll fill you on, you in know? on that. Um, that's okay. what the show portrayed. <laughs> he, he was explaining how they were just too cold and they were complaining about being cold the whole time. And I think one of them had like filled their boot with water on accident by stepping in something. Corey. Yeah. Corey. And, and they just could not possibly get warm. Javier is a big dude yeah, and he's got a lot of weight on him. And he said that he was doing everything he could to try and get them to stay. And he said at one mm-hmm. point he was trying to convince uh, Corey and I don't know, Tim. Uh, Tim, yeah. 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 He was trying to convince one of them to put their feet on his bare belly. He's like, I'll lay down. <laughs> I'll There's pull no my shirt up. You can put your feet on my bare belly until you're warm. Or you lay down and yeah. I'll just lay my bare belly on your legs until your legs warm up. Like he literally made these kind of offers because he wanted them yeah. to stay. No no doubt he wanted them to stay. And, and, and you're right. I don't see a lot. Because it doesn't show a lot of that, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't show a lot on our side. But well, I it only shows him saying, uh, if I failed you guys, I'm sorry or something sorry. like that. Yeah. 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 The apology. Um, you know, you also see him in the show that they make a lot of, like you said, they made it sound like the guys left because of Javier. But I also know about the interviews and the podcast that Tim has done and about the comments that's been made on social media. And they're still saying that. <laughs> so, so I can only read between the lines too. Right? Yeah. I can only see what I see. But in our, in, in, in our mind, um, that's why they left. And that's, that's why we perceive them as leaving. And we, and, and I'm, you know, and Brian also had left because Brian didn't want anything. With, if that's humanity, he didn't want a piece of it. Brian is a good guy. Um, so anyways, we didn't want to bring anything into our four to disrupt our four and take the chance of any of the four not making it to the end. Mm-hmm. Couldn't win with Javier. It didn't, it done nothing to improve our gameplay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're wanting to move this alone, mm-hmm. alone, you know, we're, why bring him in and drag us out? 
Yeah, I found it so interesting that he didn't, because he just went and blew his flare gun after. I was like, why didn't you just go set up camp like nearby Team Charlie, build a new shelter, start over on your own? And when I asked him about that, he was like, that is the only thing that I wish I had have tried. He's like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Because I was like, why didn't you guys just take him in and be like, hey, you can stay nearby and we'll like work together, but you're still Team Bravo. You're not on our team. You know what I mean? Yeah, we you couldn't, and I don't know why he didn't tell you this, but you had 48 hours to find another team, and if you didn't have a team in 48 hours, you had to shoot your flare off. I don't know why he didn't. Okay, that. so you had 48 so, so hours if option. you were single. Yeah, if you were single, you had 48 hours to convince another team to take you on. Okay, that's, um, yeah. yeah, he did not mention that, though that is, that is <laughs> pretty significant information. <laughs> And, yeah, and I hate that I'm taking all the heat for Javier not being on our team. But again, it, you know, this this was this was a f- unanimous vote of four yeah. to not do that. And and you know, you split in a million bucks. There's no room for a fifth person. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're just and you can't win with it. And if and you know, and, and we all were committed to each other. We weren't committed to Javier. I mean, I'm sorry he didn't win, but it is. It's not my fault he didn't win. Mm-hmm. No, it's no. not Charlie Kemp's fault he didn't win. Yeah. It's not our fault he didn't cross the river and try to he and Joe and Don make it on our side rebuild your camp yeah. away from you across the river there's so many things that he could have done different and possibly have been in the game to the end mm-hmm. maybe he would have been in that race so we're talking about taking ownership hey, let's take ownership let's not only should alpha take ownership but hey javier how about you take some ownership everyone played their game and unfortunately yours didn't work out it's, it's not my fault i'm sorry but yeah yeah no i don't think he's too bitter about losing he was just kind of telling his side of the story and i i love that i'm <laughs> yeah. getting your side now too and like piecing it all together yeah. and filling in gaps this is mm-hmm. this is so cool to get more of the picture um, yeah it, and because like a, the majority of what you're saying doesn't like totally like it, most of what you're saying lines up with the things that javier had been saying anyways all right sorry about that no it's not a big deal man um okay so yeah we were where were we? we were talking about how uh paul paul is not the uh maker of javier's demise i think that was the <laughs> important correct. point that we were making <laughs> sorry about that yeah And when it came to the foot race, I thought Team Alpha got a compass, didn't it? Yeah, so so both teams got a compass, and uh, oh, it sounded was, like you guys so, were saying that you didn't get a compass. Yeah, you were given a like a plastic toy <laughs> compass uh, early on, and and it had and the map you, that they given you was from like the 1940s or something so none of it really was of much help other than north north south and east and west yeah outside of that year it was it was pretty much useless yeah yeah and and i think you guys had said that on the foot race that a cameraman got injured i think i think nick was no. saying that like a cameraman oh, it, twisted it, his ankle or something like that so <laughs> i know i was dragging ass in the last part of the race <laughs> but the first like four or five miles i was so far out there and but it's possible that happened behind me and, and i did yeah so if nick's it was with Nick and Seth. I, I kind of, I just, I, kind of, I had to set the pace. Like I was the old guy, right? Yeah. And and that night before we left, I said, "Hey, it's obvious who the dead weight here is going to be. It's going to be me. I'm the old guy. So, so I'll set the pace. And at any time um, that I'm lacking, you just take over. And then if I can't keep up, then, then I'm out. And so I, I never stopped until I physically couldn't move anymore. So I was so far ahead on the early goings through the muskeg. I, I think my long legs had an advantage on that. It is, it is possible. I, I think maybe that was a cameraman did turn an ankle or something, but I just kept going. Yeah. When it came to the cameraman, did they have like a pass the baton system where there's a cameraman set up for a certain section and then another one for a certain section and so on? Or was there like a couple cameramen yeah. following you guys the whole freaking way on the ground? Yeah. 
we had, I think it was two cameramen on the ground. And then when we hit, hit the beachhead, they switched out. They had another okay. set of camera guys ready to, okay. uh, as soon as we hit the, hit the beachhead, it was like tag, gone, yeah. your turn. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. When they, to put the cameramen through that, they should at least get a pat on the back for. <laughs> Those <laughs> guys were troopers, man. Yeah, they did they awesome. troopers for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And you said there was like mudslides? Yeah. And that's, and that's what ate my lunch is, uh, you, you know, if you're, you're squatting and you get up and you get those mini blackouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, your, your body's already, your well, it's ketosis and it's catabolic at this point and, uh, your blood pressure is low. And so like every 15 yards was a mudslide and those mud, old mudslides had taken just like four or five trees each at every mudslide so through this this bank as you was going down the rocks you'd have to climb through four or five laydowns you couldn't go around them because it was so steep and then there was water in the water on the other side so as you were climbing through when i would stand up many blackouts every single time and okay so was, sorry and i want to clarify uh, the mudslides mm -hmm. weren't actively happening they had happened oh no okay. yes correct. Yeah. yeah okay and there was like yeah. from mudslides happening there was a bunch of toppled over trees oh. and you had to go over, over hundreds of years yes yeah. that's right okay. over or two years now. Mm. So that made it very difficult terrain. Um, muskeg was fine. There was no problem for me in the muskeg. But once I hit that, um, those laydowns, it was... <laughs> It was death, man, for sure. Yeah, that's that's got to be rough. Um, <clears throat> when you were reaching the end, uh, Seth had said to you when you saw like the drop or whatever it was, oh, I bet there's <clears throat> another challenge or when you saw the bag. Yeah. And like you <clears throat> said that that just like kind of took the wind out of your sails, like him saying that you were like, yeah. oh, my God, kill me now. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's just such a <clears throat> powerful representation of how influential words can be. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, in your head, you have to set a destination, right? There has to be an end to this. You have to see an end to it or else I don't think you'll push yourself as hard. You know, if there's, if there's not an end to something, you, I don't think you'll give your all and you'll just get through it. So for me, um, that island was the end of it, you know, so I knew there was an end to this thing. And they did mention you could be staying all night. You could be so for whatever reason, it just really didn't register to me that that meant there was more to it. So it never crossed my mind that I thought, you know, this the island's the end. We make it to the end, it's over, baby. Game over. And when he mentioned that reality set in that, oh shit, these guys are pretty diabolical at times. <laughs> so we this could just be halfway point. What am I going to do? You know, so it, yeah, yeah, for sure. Words have a lot of power to right or wrong times for sure. Yeah, it's a good thing it was the end. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, they would have been carrying me out for sure. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? They're like, "All right, you gotta do this extra one kilometer, all three. You just pop your flare guns." Like, no, we're done. Oh, that's too much. Yeah. You guys are dicks. He said to me, "Yeah, he'd mention how am I going to carry that big guy out of here?" <laughs> um, it was. Um, you know, there was times that I tried to call out to those guys and just not get outside and, and nothing would come out. Just yeah. was it. So it was, it was probably, I had, I had thought, you know, I, I boxed coming up through middle school and high school and, and I've always been kind of athletic and I thought I had hit walls before. <laughs> that was a wall. Like, you know, where was I going to get the energy to do this next thing? Where was it going to come from? And uh, then something else took over. And that's the first time in my life I've ever had something else take over and I'm just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Like you, you hear about, uh, you know, marathon runners and, and, and super athletes and people like that, that hits that wall and you're, and you've, until you've experienced it, man, 
and there's no other thing like it once you've experienced it. I mean, that's it's it was a rush after the fact. It was it was hell daring though for sure. Yeah, I, I love that because I mean that plays into what I do in my life as a personal trainer, getting people to work out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I try and explain to people the importance just within kind of a more micro scale of understanding what failure feels like, like working to failure on a particular set of an exercise, mm-hmm. just so you can understand what your body's actually capable of. Because until you reach that point where your body stops genuinely functioning, you don't know what your body can do, right? And so you're talking about it on a more macro scale that is like total systemic failure. That is like an endurance failure. Your body is non-functioning at some point and you're still just kind of pushing kind of that whole Navy SEAL adage that is once you want to quit, you're only 40% the way in. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to... I, I can't relate to those guys, but uh, it has to be it because there was I, physically my mind had broke like, you know, four miles back. You, you know, I, at that point, you know, you're, you're, t- you're a personal trainer and you and sometimes you'll get in, you know, in that eighth, ninth rep and you're you're going to touch the bar to your chest and your head like this is not coming off my chest. And it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's times that it shouldn't and it does come off your chest. So I had hit that point. And I think once you put that in your mind, much like when I said, if I had that flare gun, it's in my mind, I can quit. I think once you put that in your mind, you can't do it, then it becomes reality. So and at this point, I didn't allow that to become a reality. I just, I was literally seeing in black and white and uh, I was shuffling in my head. It felt like it was six inch shuffles as I was walking mm-hmm. away. And and it almost was like I was above myself looking down because I had no control of what was happening. It was just moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was a, it was a crazy experience, man, for sure. Yeah. So I love how you guys had that communication at the beginning of it all where you're like i'm the old guy so i'm the dead weight that means i'm setting the pace and then if i fall behind you guys set the pace and i'll just do what i can to keep up as far as like further communication uh, what is what was the communication that was internal as you're doing this like did you have a mantra that you were like were you just like one more step just one more step just one more like what was the thing that you were saying to yourself or were you like i can't wait to eat a burger i don't know <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of things going through my mind at that time, and uh, <clears throat> and it and it was it, it just came down to putting one foot in front of the other. And as long as that was moving, you know, I was going to continue to do that. We had a little thing. So so my my youngest daughter Olivia, she uh, before I left, she it was a song that she'd made up about three little dinosaurs, and she would sing that all the time. And and I, I do break down the show just about every day, but it's only when I mention my kids. And if when Jordan left, you'll hear in his letter, he mentioned my kids. That broke me down. When Angie left, it broke me down because Angie left, obviously, you know, but, but she also mentioned my kids. So that was the whole reason for being there. And so that song, Three Little Dinosaurs song, became a mantra, not only for myself, but for my camp. Like everybody was singing that song. They heard me sing it. And so that was going through my mind a lot, you know, just singing it over and over and over it, until I finally, when I hit that wall, there was nothing going through my mind. I literally no thoughts. All I could hear was the water hitting. I hear my feet shuffling. I could hear Seth and Nick occasionally call out to me, but barely. Like there's literally nothing going on. You are in autopilot. Your brain had like just a dull tone going through it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all it was. That old old man buzz in your ears. That's all you heard. (laughs) That's all that was left. Just a buzz. (laughs) Seth said uh, you guys had to take a raft to the island. Yeah, um, they cut that out, but uh, there's four more miles of that journey that you don't see. When so when you when you get when you get to the raft, the raft is just big enough to hold one team. And literally, um, there was some, I don't know if it was Seth or Nick. Nick was sitting in my lap in a raft. It was that small. <laughs> 
And then you, there was three or four more miles of pedaling that raft to get to that island. So you're already hurting so bad. Your lats are, for whatever reason, your lats are on fire. I mean, you've got to keep your arms. You, you can see my arms are always up high because yeah. my lats were just pulsating. They were, for whatever reason, they were gone. And now I've got a row of raft. <laughs> so you guys no were given lats, like no an inflatable raft. You know, it was a small boat, a oh, small okay. raft, a small, a small uh, dinghy or something, you know, that you okay. could barely fit in. Like yeah. it was this little small boat and a set of oars and okay, guys, make it to the island. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, they don't, for whatever reason that was cut out, which it's probably boring anyways that's crazy i didn't know that so then when you guys got to that end and you like look back to where you came from could you see the team alpha from the other side of the water no um we didn't see team alpha until we were in the helicopter flying over their head and waving bye to them that's when we we seen team alpha um i had no idea where they were at until that point And, and to be honest and if i'm being fair um, I was tunnel visioned mm-hmm. after we seen the drop on the island. You know, you've got one thing on your mind. I, I'm, I'm either going home a winter today or, or I'm getting ready to lay down and start this thing again tomorrow. Oh, yeah. you know? But it's, it's, it's tunnel vision. Um, we, we knew the raft, there was only uh, room on a raft for one team and we had that. So, um, if they were coming to the island, they were going to be swimming it. So we, I, I wasn't too concerned at that time. Oh, okay. So it was technically whoever, whoever made it to the end of the island you were on because there was only one raft available. It wasn't like a raft race. Yeah, that's correct. And I mean, there was other ways that they could have waited to low tide and came to it, or they could have swam across. There was other options, but there was only one raft. Yeah, and once and you I'm, guys get the raft, I don't think they're, gonna, think they're going to beat you. No. Once you guys are <laughs> no, we felt pretty safe. Yeah. That would be pretty interesting seeing them jump in the water and try to catch up to you while you're in the raft. I, I don't put it past them, man. They could have got on the side of that raft and turned us all over. Yeah. No, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, you you said uh, people are going to form opinions of Team Alpha, and it's really not fair. Like, what? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, what? What? Where's your mind at with that? Yeah. So, so I'm I'm going to be a little bit two sided with this. It's it's not fair. You you can form your opinion by all means. Everyone should have can have an opinion of whatever they want to have, and rightfully so. Um, but how much better are you than your opinion of them if you're getting on social media and just browbeating these people for doing something that half of these people will never experience more than half and then how would you if for, what would you do for a million dollars what would you do if your family needed it i mean really needed it would you for your child right now is there anything you wouldn't do to improve their life are you asking me uh, yeah i'm asking you yeah no i i would i would kill seven innocent men if it meant protecting my daughter that's just how that is and, and, and that's right. And 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 so, it, yeah, you can have an opinion of it. You can you can state your opinion. You don't have to be so brass about it. But let's be fair about it. Ask yourself, what would you do in that situation? And you can say, oh, I would have done this or I wouldn't have done that. You don't know what you would have done. You you're not you're not there. You know. And um, there was. And I'm pretty laid back again. I'm assuming and quiet. And Jill had actually made a comment that had gotten back to Nick and, and myself. See, the reason Jill was wanting to make deals with me is she thought I was the weakest one, and she could pull me to that side. Also, I don't know if that probably didn't come out. Of either but it never happened um she had made the comment that um because producers asked me in an interview afterwards she said how do you feel about jill calling you weak because you have kids and i said weak i would kill everybody on this island over my kids that makes me a killer that don't it makes me anything but weak that's the reason i'm here that's my drive and i meant every single word of it you know um but but anyways i've, I've, I've jumped off again yeah again you can have your opinion i just i just hate the way that people are are stating them so aggressively um 
you know, and, and, and they can't say how they would react in that situation. Yeah, but everyone would like to think that you'd play a game with integrity and you would do um, do it different, but until you're faced with it, you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And that was another thing you said, unless you're here doing it, you're not sure you ha- how you would have played. And that's something mm-hmm. that I think more neat people need to learn to respect. And I've tried to learn to respect over the years is a change in paradigm. When you're in a different paradigm, you're a different person. And I've, I've talked about paradigm shifts in length with like, I think one of my my third guest or fourth guest or something. And it's just that it's like pe- people will think, oh, once I have kids, I'm going to be like this and that. I'm sure you had ideas of who you were going to be when you had children. And then when you had mm-hmm. children, you realized, holy shit, I'm not that guy at all. I am just, <laughs> yeah. r- right? Like This is a daily thing, man. Yeah. This, this happens on the daily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah for it's sure. That, like it, you don't know who you are in a situation until you're in that situation. And that's right. We are, we're, we do have freedom of choice. We can Mm -hmm. make our life into whatever we want by using the moment as a resource to create the life we want. With that said, we are highly influenced by our environment and our circumstances and more people are influenced. Some people are influenced more than others, but it's just, it seems to me, it's just so audacious to me for people to be like, oh, I never would have done this. I never would have done that. Um, I like even me earlier on in this saying, oh, I would have been, I would have been out there looking for crab pots till nightfall. I don't fucking know if I actually would have been maybe I would have maybe I would have been like I'm not getting on that raft that water's cold fuck that maybe I would have been a total little bitch about it here I'm talking shit to Jordan this like marine or whatever but realistically like you just don't know until you're in the situation right yeah and these things are happening real time you know you know and we talked about I just mentioned that with the kids it changes every day your your perception of who you want to be and who you actually are and these things happen in real time and I think there's levels I think different people have levels of being able to see the outcome a little quicker I I don't think there's one person on that show that if they they could have that doesn't have something they would have liked to have done different now Um, yeah even myself I you know I I'm guilty of saying I would have done everything exactly the same, but I would. I, there's, I would have changed one thing about about my gameplay. Actually, maybe two things. Um, but yeah, man, it's you don't know until you're there, right? And it's happening really fast. And it's happening real time. It has real time consequences. And um, you know what's a kick in the ass about it is, is we had no idea how this story was going to be told. Um, you have to assume everything you've done is going to be showed, right? We're going to see everything, but we're we're expecting one thing and we get the other. Not only that, but we've had over a year for this thing to simmer and for the emotion to go away and for it to just we're super excited about hey we're going to be on a tv show and then this comes out and you're like holy shit <laughs> you know and, and then i can imagine you know I, I get i get some static i can imagine what's happened on alpha you know it's i've read some of the stuff and it's just it's so intense and then you get hit with just these these emotionals, just these emotional people just slamming you every single day and you're trying to be strong. You know, you're trying to, you probably shouldn't say anything, but you're saying stuff back. And, and how much of that can you take? You, you know, everything, ha- it has such a long lasting outcome from a decision that you made a year, a split second decision you made a year ago. So sit, sit back on your couch behind your computer screen and judge all you want. But I don't know that you have a complete right. You have a right to an opinion, but outside of that opinion, and I think it's as far as you got. Yeah, I think to kind of put it a little tag on what you're saying it's like you're entitled to an opinion but might be wielding it irresponsibly 
basically said thank you yeah right. for sure yeah, yeah. Mm. and uh and what you're saying kind of i've been thinking about that a lot with jill and everything like even her responses i saw a response video on her twitter there seems to be and I, i'm not trying to i'm just trying to be observational I'm not trying to be too insulting here but yeah, like yeah. there seems to be for a sure. bit of like narcissism and arrogance about her uh approach to all that but i like i've been in contact with her and i want to get her on the show as well and i have no intention of being like like mean to her or combative with her or anything i just want to understand because like to me everyone's their own person and like i want to know where she's coming from why she did what she did and where she's at right now because i'm like as you're saying i'm thinking man that's gotta be hard to deal with when you have like so many people watching this show and so many of them being like you're the villain people are calling them like Mm. devil squad and stuff like that like i don't know it's gotta be rough it it yeah, for for sure and and with 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 the hate that I get like I, I ignore it um for the most part but there's we're all human right and sometimes there's something will sometimes something will get to me and even though but even in my responses all right let's talk about it what really pissed you off about what I did and and then it seems that most of those people they're like one they're shocked that I replied back to them and then two they're like oh shit all right let's talk about it and they're like you know what you're right it's a show it this um and again it hats off to production right they they really people are pretty emotional about this shit but yeah I I can't make I can't speak for Jill I can't, I can only speak for, for myself and, and I don't know why she did what she did when she did. And I don't make any excuses for her. And, and I, I can probably say that, well, I could just use myself as I own up to everything that I did or, you know, on the show. And then I, and it is what it is. And I have reasons for everything I did and I don't need anyone's approval of it, but I'm definitely not going to debate anybody on it. You know, you're, you're allowed to have an opinion or a dislike of what I did. It's, it's quite natural and quite okay. And, but I got to, I own it. And then like Justin, you know, Justin's in the same boat with, with those guys and he's on it and he's trying to, he's trying to pass to make it success. All of it. How many, I mean, every, hero story needs a villain you could be a great villain become rich off that villain don't i I don't think i would try to justify anything i've done i don't think so i would just accept it and then pay me yeah (laughs) i can i leverage this into some green yeah yeah that's awesome is so we've talked about like the the kind of finale and everything and like the situation with jill and all that is there anything that happened on the show that when you rewatched it you were like damn i wish they had got that so so what too many lists man like give give me one to three moments that really stand out in your mind that happened that you're like shit i really wish they had to squeeze that in yeah so so things you'll never see is camp life camp life was amazing um, uh, w- one of those th- three things would have been Nick, uh, you know, Nick's the, uh, high school wrestler, a teach our coach and also a, a, a teacher. And he has this memory that's just uncanny. Um, he loves, loves literature. So every night, uh, Nick would recite us word for word chapters of a particular book until we finished that book. And yeah, so so the maddest I've I, the maddest I ever been on the show, I believe, excluding excluding Don, was one night Nick was in his fields and he was he just really didn't want to do anything and he didn't give us our story that night. And Seth and I both was so upset because he took our entertainment away for the night. Like we wouldn't talk to him for a while. <laughs> but I wish they could have showed that, you know. Um, that was that was, um, you know, there's. Um, Angie catching her first salmon, her first fish, and just holding that fish and crying. Uh, that was a very special moment for us. Um, just camp life in general. 
uh, how, we, how we would bond at, at night or, you know, just telling stories about our family and things like that. So it's hard to pick just three, man. Um, sounds like, you know, they, you wanted a lot more positive things on screen than what had transpired. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, um, I mean, the drama made the show what it is. And I think it's the reason it jumped up to number two on, on Netflix as quickly as it did or, or that it did at all. Um, but I really was hoping for, and if I'm being honest, I think probably all 16 contestants was hoping for a sur- survival show, you know, um, a, a, an alone type show uh, with a group, uh, with group dynamics. And we knew there'd be some trouble in that, but there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of bushcraft stuff that was left out. You know, mm. a lot of, you know, I shot squirrels too. I shot other animals with a bow. I you was going to ask that um, because mm. I think the only land meat that was shown was uh jill's one squirrel or something like that yeah and i thought you're a hunter and you were out with the bow so mm-hmm. much i'm like you must have got something yeah i shot squirrels i shot a uh i guess i'm called a marmot also which was <laughs> my hand smacked over that we didn't know but trapping season uh wasn't in and we weren't allowed to do that we hadn't eaten in two weeks so jordan and i we ran that thing down the beach i shot it with a bow and then we finished it off we ate that uh the locals think we're disgusting for it but i don't care it was pretty good uh also to uh, the last week uh i had a shot on a deer finally i called a deer in and just barely missed the deer uh but that time i was just i didn't have any strength to hold the bow back let alone i'm, I'm so glad i i had missed that deer because had i taken that deer we'd have been there another two weeks they didn't want to show us you know a field dressing and, and, and then securing the meat and smoking it and so it's a blessing in disguise but yeah there was so much stuff uh, a lot of bushcraft stuff that went on that and, and then camp life it just it wasn't shown on, on and i imagine it's in in every camp just the story you tell me about javier saying put your feet on my belly let me put my belly on you who wouldn't want to, that would have been so funny who wouldn't want to see me right you know that would have been great you know um so yeah th- those types those type stories yeah i think that's so interesting though that you said you had a shot on the deer um mm-hmm. because like i would have loved to have seen that and even that would have made for good television they could have like had a suspense buildup of you seeing this yeah. deer and the shot and everything and then you miss and then it's this ah uh, moment with the as an audience um javier told yeah. me that him and brian had deer at the entrance to their shelter three days mm-hmm. in a row and they did not bother shooting it because they didn't have like things set up and ready to process the meat and smoke it and everything yeah i, I think and that's where it's, we're a little different mindset i mean it's not like it takes but i've done it all my life right i would have gotten a deer and we would have gotten on it then that would have been priority one i mean if you if you are a fan of alone you've watched alone usually the guy who takes that big game in right off is set for the rest of the show and he wins the thing so you know having having protein from go that would change that would change that whole camp's outlook you know um so i don't understand that i did hear later on that they had that deer come to the camp three days in a row but i think i'm pretty sure that they elected to not to do any type of hunting because it wasn't worth the waste of energy mm-hmm. um was i think the comment that i'd heard that they had made early on but yeah um, javier was telling yeah. me that he was concerned because they didn't have like a smokehouse built and everything like that mm-hmm. but as as i think you know from watching alone and stuff you can you got especially with how cold it is up there you can you could store the meat in the river for a little while with some rocks and some rope like you got a few different options for keeping it okay for a little bit of time while you get that stuff together but i think the main thing was yeah. that i don't javier had admitted to me that he doesn't have a lot of like hunting experience because i was asking yeah. him about being on the alone show and he said if he was going to go on that show he would have to get better experience with hunting to be on that show which uh, that brings me to the question what, what are your thoughts on being on the alone show 
Yeah, you know, uh, the producer of this show actually was creator of Alone, so mm-hmm. there's some connection there. And, and uh, it's it's Alone is the reason two different shows actually. Alone and also Survivor are the reasons that I'm was on this show. Um, I've, I've always loved Alone, and and then my fiance and I we would always watch Survivor, and um, so I said, well, I'm gonna try to get on Alone, and, and I <clears throat> and I get on and I start googling, and this pops up. I'm like, oh, it's not Alone, but let's try. So and and it just came available. And um, so you were actually in the we, process uh, mentally of trying to pursue applying for a loan, but yeah, then you at, ended at the up time on it last. Yeah, and this came up. So um, yeah, I'd love to do a loan. I, I it's I, I think it's anyone on the show would. Well, you said Javier said so he'd have to prepare for it. I'm sure he would kill it. You know, if 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 he got better at his hunting skills and you know it, he's more of a nomad anyways. I don't think I think he's stronger as a solo or solo in the team. So I think if he could if he could improve his hunting and fishing skills, man, he would do excellent on that show. And and I think that his fans would love to see him on that show. Uh, you know, to, no, if, and nothing else to vindicate. You know, see, I told you he yeah. was about last yeah, yeah. everyone. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think all of us, everyone I've, everyone I've spoke to, I know everyone on my team, especially Seth and myself, we would love to do a loan for sure. I would love to see an alone outlast <laughs> hybrid where they do a loan with almost all outlast contestants. That could happen. <laughs> Who knows? That would be so cool it, to it, see. Uh, with, yeah, it'd be interesting. Was there anything else uh, with your uh, survival that was, because uh, as you've watched on alone, they have trapping and I think you. Was it you setting snares at the beginning? Yeah. So I, I set a, a squirrel snare and all we had was, you know, some paracord. And uh, I, so that's not, you, what set was a paracord. What I should have set was a tension snare, something that would have came up and, and kept attention on it, but I didn't. And um, so the knot would slip off, right? So I, I did catch a squirrel the first time I set it and a grizzly came in, ate the squirrel, shit in the trap, and then went back into the the, uh, <laughs> the devil's club and made a bed and it would lay there for like calm just waiting for us to come and check the traps again. So that's something they didn't show. I don't think they, yeah, they did show it. They did show me pointing it out. Yeah. So he stole our squirrel out of the trap and I never caught another. I just started shooting with the bow after that. Okay. And I think it was like trapping was kind of frowned upon because there was a few kind of endangered species around there. <laughs> I shot one with a bow. <laughs> well, an endangered species, but we actually had a game board. After I'd gotten home, I'd been home for three months, and I get a call from Alaska Fishing Game, <laughs> wanted to question me about that. I'm like, shit, man. He's like, no, no worries. We're going to close it out, but we got to get to the end of it. So uh, what was it yeah, that you yeah. shot? Um, I, I think it was a, um, you know, I'm not even sure what, is it a marmot? Maybe it wasn't. I don't remember what yeah. it was. It was, it was, it was one of those things that one of those little weasel-looking things that came into camp. Yeah. I don't even know the name of Small it. Small animal that you uh, shouldn't have. Oops. Yeah. So, oh, whatever. it was. It was. I mean, a story man, you're, tell. If you ever had, you're trying to get food, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever have Jordan Williams on, he'll tell it. It's such a great story. It was crazy. Well, I found it so you interesting know, it, that they put you in a national park because a national park is going to have so many freaking regulations. I thought, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you guys just take the money and and pay someone that owns a bunch of private land in Alaska that's good enough to do this on, and then mm. you wouldn't have to worry about all those regulations. So, so I think even in like if you watch Alaska, any of the Alaskan shows like um, uh, Alone's in Canada, and then you have Alaska, the last not the last frontier, but there's another one about Alaska. But in, all those are kind of shot in protected areas. That's some you know, uh, and and I do believe, and I think it's I think I'm okay to say this. I hope I am. Originally, the area that we were planned to be in wasn't there. We were going to be some, we were going to be a little further north, uh, with more snow, less rain. Um, had some weather issues come in. Just, just 
things started falling apart. And uh, I think this was just backup. And it turned out that it was probably more so miserable, more miserable because of the rain that we've got. Uh, it was it was as equally as miserable for the camera and production crews, man. It was just nasty. It was the worst of weather, you know, for sure. I mean, they get to boat home and eat McDonald's and sleep in a warm bed. <laughs> so there's that. There's <laughs> the worst. The, the worst and best part of every morning, your 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 recording device lasts twelve hours. So, uh, about an hour after daylight, the crew you hear the crew coming in the boat, and the sound guys would come up and change your mic out, and you could smell whatever they had eaten in their beard and on their breath, and you would guess every morning you'd like, yo, you had you had eggs this morning, didn't you? And coffee, black, no sugar, <laughs> and it was like we were getting pretty good at that. You know, you want to reach up and just lick their beard <laughs> to get about that. It was crazy. It was nuts. Man. Oh, that's hilarious. And I was actually going to ask, did they ever, like, while they were on the job, like, pull out a granola bar or anything and eat it? <laughs> Look. For, for people that are just listening, no Paul idea. was just reluctantly <laughs> nodding his head yes. <laughs> yeah. They had no idea how close they came to getting attacked on more than one occasion. Like they would try to be nonchalant about lunchtime and they'd head off in the woods and eat. And you would hear that, you know, can crack open or you'd hear a tear of something and you'd see them chewing and you're like, oh, you, you bastards. <laughs> you know, it was so bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. But look, we signed up for it, right? And, and every time we had, Brandon was one of the mic guys. And every time I would say something, you know, negative about, oh man, I stink or oh man, that, that's, that food would be so great. He's like, dude, you signed up for this shit <laughs> yeah yeah way to snap me back to reality yeah uh, so yeah the yeah. the mike guy was talking shit to you <laughs> yeah, brandon he's a good dude uh and then you, you know you they didn't want you talking to these guys right but yeah 36 days man and you're seeing these guys what kind of asshole would you be if you didn't say something yeah and uh, so you would you wouldn't make it where they couldn't help but answer you back. You know, you just wanted some kind of voice contact from someone outside of the three people you've been speaking to for yeah. for the last month. And uh, yeah, he was like, dude, you signed up for it. And then Joe, the other sound guy, he's the one, you know, the, the dude always had the breakfast on his, his beard. And uh, yeah, you, you form a relationship with these guys as well. You know, micro relationships and you get that five minutes of the morning or five minutes that might change the evening and you take all advantage of trying to get these guys to say something to you. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to talk to your bear watcher? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have uh, a couple of those guys on my Facebook. I, Facebook, I keep private. I don't let anybody in on my Facebook, you know, but uh, those guys. Uh, I did, and I had plans on going back uh, this year, making a trip up and going on a blacktail hunt with uh, with a couple of them. I stay in contact with just about everybody, to be honest with you. Um, Don and I haven't spoke any. Um, Jill and I spoke a little. Uh, Amber and I spoke very little. Javier and, I, Javier and I spoke very little. Everyone else I've kept in contact with. You'll, you'll have even, to listen to my even, episode with Javier when I get it loaded up. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah I can't wait, man, for sure. <laughs> It'd be interesting, I'm sure. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. He's got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Good um, deal. Yeah, he's had an interesting life, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we're kind of coming to the end for time here. Mm. I don't know if you got to get going in the next five minutes or anything, but I was going to wrap it up in 15. Um, yeah, no worries. Oh, you're, you do a lot of hunting. I, mm-hmm. I just got my hunting license this year. I, Good yeah, I just got, um, I'm in Canada, so it's a little different than yours. I got my deer license and my small game. Nice. I'm, I'm trying to practice with my compound bow that i bought as much as i can and uh i just it's because i want a better relationship with my food right i want to be able to Mm. go and whatever track something down shoot it right dress it kill it or dress it process Mm. it 
cook it and like from the the acquiring of the animal locating the animal killing the animal taking its life processing it all the way to the cooking like i I want to have the responsibility the whole way you know and i don't know what's going to happen i might get like i might freeze i might look down my sights and get a sinking feeling in my stomach i might cry if i kill something that's fine (laughs) you know like I'm just yeah. going to do it anyways because I want to, because I, I want that responsibility. What what was that like? Because you grew up around that, right? Yeah. Um, most people from Eastern Kentucky and, and West Virginia and Tennessee, you, you receive a gun before you could even walk for from a gift from your dad or your grandfather or, or most of the time they're handed down to you. Um, you know, my, my dad, even though he wasn't around for my younger childhood, uh, I was an adult before he and I had a relationship it, but what I knew about my dad was he was always a bow hunter. And, you know, I grew up hunting small game. And in my 13, 14 years old, I was bow hunting. And I learned that on my own. Um, so, but even though that's part of our everyday life, you know, and this is, it's, it's, it's just as common for us to be out hunting and fishing. Like I remember in third grade coming home and just grabbing my shotgun and going squirrel hunting in third grade. You know, that's just as common from where I'm from as kids playing basketball after school. Third grade, so um, you're like eight? Eight or nine years old. Yeah, you're already hunting. Um, with a gun. But you're, yeah. Not yeah, with I mean, a bow. You've, you've, no, 13. I was bow when I was 13. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah start with a gun. Yeah. I'll get into the bow when I grow up. That's, that's uh, yeah, and I turned 13. Eight, well, the only reason that I probably wait till I was 13 is you, there's laws on that poundage you use to, to deer hunt with, right? You have to have at least 40 pounds of draw weight till I was 13. I could, yeah, but there's no laws on the much. age to use a gun. No. You don't, no, you, you, don't you, uh, you don't see an issue with this. You're not you're not seeing the discrepancy yeah, no. here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see an issue with uh, you know, as long as there's an adult that can take control of that gun, especially like what well, we use what we call post stocks or single shot shotguns when we start off. So it only has one only has one shot and you walk around, this gun's not loaded, it's broken down, you got a shell in your hand or your pocket. So when you see this squirrel, you stick it in, you pull a hammer back and you shoot it, uh, and then that's it. There's no there's no other shell in the gun. You, know, yeah. you have to physically put it in. And that's what you start with, you know, and most of the time you have a parent with you or an uncle or someone that's, that's controlling that and they're teaching you how to do that thing. Um, but, I, I mean, again, by 10, 11 years old, I was out by myself from daylight to dark running around the hills. With, but it was normal, right? Like, I'm pushing 50. It's a different, it's a different time also. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah it was it was normal to do that um but you know it's it's, it's romantic that it's romantic to have that that one or that desire to think all right i'm gonna i'm going to learn how to do this i want to harvest my own my own food and i want the whole process you know and um it's a task and you're going to do everything you just said you were going to do you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have that sinking feeling. You're going to be upset with yourself. You're probably going to cry the first time you take a large animal. You've taken something's life. You're going to have those emotions for a million different reasons. Um, and if you ever lose those emotions, you'll quit doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's such, such a connection to that lifestyle. Um, you know, with me, it started out as a necessity. Um, and then from necessity to a love. And, and I still continue to, I don't have to do it today. I just love doing it. You know, it's, it's part of who I am. I teach my kids to do that. Um, my nine-year-old and my four-year-old, they, they don't like to eat uh, beef and you know they, they'll eat deer and rabbit all day long hmm. that's just what they're accustomed to you know and so we still do that to to supplement not because we have to but because we we, we enjoy the process and we also enjoy the healthiness of it for our family um, i think it's great that you want to get into that man i mean it's uh, i'm applauding for that for sure
Yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, I just came, I've said this on the podcast with Javier, but I came to the realization that nobody is exempt from the responsibility of death. Even if you're a vegan, you're contributing to monocrop agriculture and that creates a ton of death, damaged ecosystems with pesticides and everything else. And so like, if I'm going to be responsible for death, I might as well take on that responsibility firsthand as opposed to burying my head in the sand and just going and buying my meat from grocery stores forever, right? Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, you know, however, no, subject if you ever want to get into it, a discussion on that i'd be happy to be yeah once i get into hunting a little more I'll, i can hit you back up and have you on again and we'll talk about more yeah. of that shit or or maybe i'll be on your yeah. podcast who knows oh that'd be great did you come down and i'll teach you what i know and 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 put you in a stand and and help you harvest a deer i mean i i enjoy doing that too we can set you right up well, how, jesus that would be awesome how far away are you where are you i'm not knoxville tennessee knock where, where are you at I've, I've worked all over canada from one side to the other I'm in ontario okay southern right. ontario mm. oh that's a drive <laughs> how many hours Let's find out. Um, Knoxville, go directions. Here we go. Pending eight and a half hours. Oh, it's hardly nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hardly nothing. Oh, Short flight as well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe well, one, I appreciate the invite, and I'm not going to say no. <clears throat> for sure, not going to say no. I might take you up on it. That, open invite. Awesome. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Okay, that would be really cool. Well, I I'm incredibly grateful for the invite. I will definitely have that in the back of my brain for any moment that, that becomes a possibility in my life. I really appreciate this talk. Is there anything else you want to touch on about the show? Any other message you want to give to the listener? No, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity to be on your show. And, and then also I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, for everyone who's watched the show, continues to, you know, to comment on it or listen to our podcast or shows the interest in it. Uh, regardless if they're fans or not, you know, as long as they're fans of the show, they, they were all we're all so happy for it and and just uh, just wish success for everyone that was on the show or who was involved in it. And, and hopefully we'll see a season two come out, you know, and, and maybe some of these these fans can apply and get on there and, and, and give a go at it and see how it goes. That'd be awesome to see. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, is there I have one question that I try to ask everyone. Mm, so sure. bear, bear with me here. Um, if you could imagine that the human consciousness is represented by a little man inside your head and he's watching a computer screen. OK. And you know how people mm. put sticky notes? on their laptop or computer screen to try and remind themselves of things yeah yeah if you could write something on a sticky note that would just magically appear inside the consciousness of all humans what would you write on that sticky i'm i'm gonna steal one from from tom hanks and it's and and he, i think he took it from biblical and that would just be this too shall pass you know yeah that you're just in the moment um you know whatever's happening today is it's going to be gone tomorrow whatever happens tomorrow is going to be gone the day after and, and let's not just get caught up into that and let's just keep looking forward to the future and uh yeah Day by day, baby. Day by day. Yeah, I like that. That's good. And I, what I what I like about that is you mentioning Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I I believe I remember seeing him talk about that, and he <clears throat> kind of emphasized the connotation of like even if it's good things, like also remember yeah. when excuse me when things are going very well, this too shall pass. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. awesome. Um. Any anywhere you want people to check you out on Instagram or YouTube, like what's yeah. YouTube yeah, is Paul uh, Priest. That's P R E E C E, and then that's right. Or you can Google Between the Horns Podcast yep. dot com. If you if you Google Between the Horns, I think it goes to Los Angeles Rams. 
Uh, and you can follow, find me on Instagram at PriestPJ. PriestPJ so on Instagram, Between Two Horns Podcast. But Between the Horns Podcast on, the horns. on YouTube. Between the Horns Podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll call it there, Paul. Um, I, it's been it's been great speaking with you, man. I, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Yeah, likewise. I've had a blast. You enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Thank, thank you, sir. Look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, you listening to this right now. You, yes, you. I appreciate that you've listened to it this far. That's awesome. And that means that you at least enjoyed it or else you would have stopped it and went and done something else. And it would be really cool if you could share it with someone. I'm sure you know somebody that might also enjoy it. So just, you know, hit the little share button and there'll be like a link you can copy and you can just text it to your BFF Jill. I don't know if you know a Jill. I don't know. Just somebody. Just share it with one person and I will be forever grateful. Thank you. Have a great day.